Sign up with BetMGM Sports using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Oh, you know what time it is. This is the World According to Kyle podcast sport report. How are y'all doing, everybody? This is TWA2K Sports. Uh... I already released my World Report episode. I'm going to start to break these up into separate sections. So let's get on with it now, shall we? Uh, We're going to just have a couple of quick uh, discussions outside of uh, football before uh, before we get into uh, the football side of things, which will be the majority of the podcast. So... um, now, uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see that uh, uh, Oliveira and uh, Poirier had uh, announced a fight, um, I believe, sometime in uh, in December. And um, based on like what uh, Dustin was saying, uh, I thought like he was gonna go for these like easy layup fights. Like he was talking about uh, fighting uh, Diaz, uh, one of the Diaz brothers. I think Nate Diaz, and uh, you know, also talking about uh, fighting Connor again for uh, uh, pointlessly for another time. Um, but I was glad to see that uh, he took the Oliveira fight because I think that is uh, the fight to make. That they're the two guys that are um, at the at the top of their game at their uh, at their division. And I just want to go on to say that. Um, I uh, I seen or heard Oliveira uh, Charles Oliveira discussing uh, strategy versus Poirier, and I never understand when fighters do this. Like I think I think it just um, you know I'm not saying uh, Oliveira is weak. He's an incredible fighter, but I think it's just it portrays weakness to um, to like uh, discuss blatantly discuss. Uh, uh, aspects of your game plan and aspects um, of uh, your strategy for the fight. Um, I never really understand why uh, why fighters do this. Uh, it it baffles me. You want to give your opponent as little advantage as as possible. So, like you know, even if you think you're really uh, really strong or really um, powerful or have an edge somewhere that uh that your opponent can't beat like why would you why would you want them to know that um i it always kind of like uh kind of triggers me into uh wanting to take the other the other fighter in uh in the fight because i just think it's just not not a not a smart move a because somebody can kind of figure out your strategy and uh you can they can counter it and uh, and B, you're just pointlessly uh, giving up information. Now, um, this upcoming card for uh, UFC uh, 267, it looks... Oh my god, I'm just going through it right now. It looks stacked. We got... Uh, 
Jan, Jan Blankowitz and uh, Glover Teixeira. We got Peter Jan and Corey Sanhagen. That's going to be a fucking incredible fight. Sanhagen was a guy who just went down to uh, went down to TJ Hooker, right? Uh, next up, Islam Makachev and Dan Hooker. Now that's going to be interesting. I think I think Islam takes care of business in that one. Then we got Alexander Volkov and Tybura. Man. <laughs> And and Chimaev is fighting finally uh, versus Lee Jinglang. Oh man, this is I I might like you know I've been kind of uh, I've been I've been ignoring like the fight night cards uh, and the le- and the lesser cards um, uh, since football season started. But this this uh, this is going to be one that I'm that I'm going to have to uh, tune in for. Wow. Yeah, this this should be quite the uh, quite the show. Where is it? Oh, it's in Abu Dhabi. Fucking main card starts. What prelims start at ten thirty a.m.? Holy shit! Main card at two p.m. I might not even be fucking awake at that time. Oh, damn. Well, uh, hopefully I can at least uh, wake wake up on time for the main for the main card. Holy shit! Well, that's the downside of uh, Fight Island, I guess. Uh, okay, what else is uh, what else is happening in our world? Okay, so in Canada, this is a Canada-specific topic. So Canada legalized single-game sports betting. Woo, woohoo! It's been legal in Vegas for fifty fucking years. Congratulations, Canada, for uh, for getting with the times. Um, you know. Maybe in another hundred years we'll actually uh, produce uh, our own car. Um, I'm gonna still be using offshore books because uh, I, I like don't like giving money to um, to the government when they don't give a shit about um, about um, the entrepreneurs in this field, like. In Canada, you cannot just um, be like a, a businessman and uh, like just straight up build a casino. Yeah, you like this. It's it's government run. It's government operated, and the rules are in uh, the rules that are in place in the casinos are not are not to um, to benefit the customers. The uh, you know the way they structure the games, like the double green spot on the roulette wheel, and uh, the and the payouts and the poker, it's all done uh, to maximize uh, profits. And uh, they do this under the guise of um, of um, uh, charity. And they say, oh well, you should not be gambling uh, with. Uh, you should not. You should be gambling for fun. That gambling is something that you do for fun, not to expectations of winning profits. But uh, you know the reason why poker is so compelling to me is because you can uh, you know you can make money playing poker uh, as a profession. Now you can't really do that. Uh, well, you can do it in Canada if you find like a good game or um, certain or certain casinos. But uh, like the way gambling is structured is it's not. They do not care about the customer and they do not care about the consumer. They've. It's almost like a nanny state sort of uh, sort of thing where gambling is something they expect you to do for fun and you are not expected to make profits. 
poker's successful uh, poker had its boom in the United States because there were such things as professional poker players and there were uh, su- such things as people um, people making good enough money to do uh, to do a living for it. Same thing with sports betting. And in sports betting, you literally until uh, until they just recently uh, legalized single game sports betting, you could not make a living sports betting in Canada. You would have to move to the United States. I guess it's before the internet boom and before you could uh, use all these um, internet uh, internet gambling services. So I'm going to keep using offshore books because they were the ones that uh, hopped on the game first and I don't trust any of these. Proline is like the biggest fucking ripoff that I've ever seen where you have to take uh, where you have to take where you're forced into taking parlays at gunpoint. No, you have to take three games. Uh, you have to bet within a certain limit. Like, this is a kind of thing, and I, do, I you know, like, uh, I don't want to get on a super political rant, but let's just get this, you know, over and done with. Like, I, uh, you know, I, I feel like a lot of uh, Canada's, a lot of the negatives about Canada are, like, too much... Uh, bureaucracy and too much uh, of of uh, of government uh, red tape and intervening where we should just allow entrepreneurs to to do what they do. Now, let me just get that uh, quick quick rant out of the way, and we can go on and talk. Uh, start talking about uh, start talking about some fun stuff, you know. Um, but like, it, I'm going to keep using my offshore books. I do not trust any uh, Canadian gambling uh, gambling site. Some, you know, poker games I will uh, I will indulge in, but you can't but it's not like going to Vegas or anything. They're, you know, Vegas, they have businesses who entrepreneurs who create these casinos and are uh, competing with each other for for your money and for your patronage. Um, with Canada, it's like, fuck you, you're forced to go here and you're going to put up with it, whether you like it or not. And, uh, that's not how I roll. Ugh, this segment is not brought to you by Crown Royal, uh, and Coke, which I am drinking right now. So pardon my, uh, periodic breaks for a nice little uh, sip of this fine uh, whiskey. All right, uh, now on to the football. All right, here we go. A few fucking football topics to to get past. Now, uh, if you're listening to my prior podcast, you will know that I am a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals, and um, much to my uh, surprise, um, and many people's surprise, um, this past weekend, they spanked the Baltimore Ravens. I watched that game from start to finish. It was amazing. Um, I'm really liking the direction that uh, the Bengals are going. Like the defense is extraordinary. They have absolutely stepped up. Uh, Hendrickson, uh, Hilton, uh, Chidobia Awuzie, um, Bates. Uh, man, like th- this this group is really coming together. And um, 
what a turnaround from uh, from uh, year to year for the defense. I think like as amazing as Joe Burrow has been, the uh, uns- the unsung story of the Cincinnati Bengals is is the transition from uh, from uh, from uh, from getting their from not even being able to fucking handle the run like Lamar fucking whipped their ass last year that last game of the season they couldn't even fucking stop him this game this was awesome they 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 really have a well-rounded defense they can blitz they can attack you uh they can attack you from all these different angles now um the game before this uh I had I had a little bit of a problem with um, now the game. So the uh, Bengals game uh, before this, they were playing uh, the Lions. Now, as you may or may not know, I grew up in uh, well, I was born in Windsor, uh, which is right across from uh, the American uh, border, uh, bordering Detroit. Um, so I I grew up with uh, a lot of Lions fans and Lions always on the TV. Now, uh, so at the beginning of uh, this football game, they were talking about these faulty comparisons between the Bengals and Lions and how they're both kind of sad sack organizations and you know they you know not much to look forward to, but. I com- couldn't disagree more with uh, with the comparison between the two. Um, now, let me let me preface this by saying I think uh, Dan Campbell is a great man for the job, and even if they go zero for this season, they should stick it out with him. Um, I've seen enough signs early in this year that the the Lions are talent deprived. That's not a question. Uh, they they need they need draft capital. They need a better quarterback. They need wide res- They need a lot. Okay, uh, their defense has gotten a lot better. But I think Dan Campbell is the man for the job. I would hitch my wagon to him. Uh, you know, I'm hoping they can squeeze out uh, one or two wins this season. But I be, I think that is a step in the right direction. I think Dan Campbell is what they need. The Lions need need to toughen up, and they have toughened up, and they're playing in these games, and they're competing with teams that uh, they would be getting blown out blown out uh, uh, blown out by before. So that was a quick uh, a quick preface before I say that uh, that the Lions and the Bengals are not even close to the same organization. Now, a lot of, uh, there was a, a, a popular sentiment among, uh, a lot of like, uh, uh, TV sports personalities that, uh, the, the Joe Burrow shouldn't have gone, uh, to the Bengals, which I disagreed with, uh, completely. And that it would be bad for him and that he should hold out. He should, as a quarterback, he should, uh, hold out from going to the Bengals, and that maybe the maybe Miami would pick them up or something. Or but Bengals have been a uh, more solid and consistent uh, franchise than the Lions or the Dolphins, for that matter. Like everybody's pumping, uh, everybody's pumping uh, the Dolphins up. What the fuck have the Dolphins done since Dan Marino? Like they gave up shit ton of 
draft picks for Ricky Williams and started running the Wildcat and, like, barely got to 500. Uh, like, what else have they done in the last 25 years besides beat New England uh, beat New England once w- once or twice a, a season uh, by uh, playing good defense? Like, the Dolphins are a fucking way sadder organization with... Uh, with worse ownership and worse ownership decisions than the Cincinnati Bengals, but nobody will call will call will call that out. Everybody is shitting on uh, shitting on Paul Brown, and uh, same thing with the Lions. But everybody shits on the Lions ownership. That's fine. Uh, they do deserve it. Uh, hopefully, they're starting to turn the page. But to me, um, the Bengals. So. If you wanted to say like uh, the Bengals are a bad organization because they didn't surround Andy Dalton with like enough talent, well, who's winning with Andy Dalton? Like the I think that you know I think that they were um, that they were they were woke to the fact that Dalton was you know that they could not win with him and they gave him a couple shots. Uh, and and I think they 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 had to rebuild, and that set off a lot of people about uh, uh, about them, um, you know, moving on and trying to rebuild while you know they were pumping out fifteen, fifteen uh, or like twelve or thirteen win win seasons. Now, uh, I think like they were they just knew that winning with winning with Dalton would have required an extraordinary effort. Now, why why I'm not a Lions fan is because there and why it turned into a Bengals fan. I used to be a Seahawks fan uh, before, and I'll tell you and I, as you know from this podcast, the exact moment that I stopped being a Seahawks fan was when they didn't hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch in the fucking game against New England, okay? After that, I was fucking done, and Seahawks haven't done shit since. So uh now the Bengals are the Bengals have an identity. They always had an identity. They have a knack for uh talent. They have always been a uh a a air air raid kind not air raid uh, completely but like a air raid style offense where they prioritize um where they prioritize passing and they have a good eye for talent their scouts aren't shit they you know, look at like the talent that uh, that came through Cincinnati uh TJ Hushmanzada uh Ocho Cinco like uh you know these the, they're very um Marvin Jones Jr. fucking AJ Green like they are really good at uh at uh analyzing wide receiver talent and um that's their identity and um like I said before I said before in the podcast when they drafted Jamar Chase uh I did not I did not mind the move at all because that is Bengals football that is they you know they they will they will gamble on that guy they took John Ross in the in the first round uh with the seventh pick and he wasn't doing anything for them so they had to so they had to cut ties with him because because he wasn't good enough now the to compare the lions and the Bengals as being kind of the same organization is a is a complete misrepresentation the Bengals are have always been competitive they have always had an identity and they're uh and i don't think i don't look at ownership as being some sort of like uh 
subpar uh, uh, subpar um, ownership. Sometimes they're a little cheap, yes. But would you have went all in on uh, Dalton, or uh, or would you have like uh, went all in more on uh, on Palmer? Like, um, you know, the I think these things have proven that uh, the Bengals were shrewd in their assessment. And it, and they and they played their cards right because this allowed them to get this to get Joe Burrow and surround him with uh, all this talent and now all of a sudden we're scary we're a fucking scary team and uh, and it's because ownership was very cutthroat and and ownership was a little if you want to call it cheap they they were they were a little cheap but. I think they realized that they were not winning with uh, they were not winning with what they had, and they needed that guy. They needed that that quarterback, and I couldn't be happier to be uh, to be a Bengals fan right now. It was a it was an incredible win. Uh, it it was an incredible win, and I'm super excited uh, for the future. Now uh, the thing with Jamar Chase, uh, even like man like how the how he was uh how he was thrown shade at uh for for his drops and go back to my podcast when i said i was not worried about the about jamar chase and the drops because the route running was there and uh man this guy is such such a complete wide receiver he can he he like he put <laughs> He put uh, he put the Ravens cornerback in an absolute blender, like uh, a cornerback that uh, that you know was that was good at uh, Marlon Humphrey. That that is a solid that is a solid CB that shut down many um, many wide receivers uh, in the league, and Jamar Chase put him in an absolute blender. Uh, and that was what I seen. That is like the superb route running that and obviously he was uh, even though he didn't play his last year in college, obviously he kept his uh, he kept up his physique. He was probably on a on a really great workout routine. And um, and yeah, I was super not worried about uh, <laughs> about um, about Jamar Chase, and uh, you know, once again, the Bengals uh, the Bengals gambled on um, on uh, on offense and on getting an offensive skill position player instead of uh, instead of Panay Sewell, which <laughs> how badly did that uh, graphic from Twitter age? with the stick figures if you know if you know what i'm talking about you know where uh he had stick figures and like oh you can't uh you know you can't throw to to jamar chase with joe burrow on the ground but the thing with that is um now i think miami fucked up by not taking panay Sewell that they needed that they needed offensive line but i think uh, with getting reader and, uh, and and so, and some other guys and you know pushing the o-line pick to the second or third to the second or third round like um, a great offensive lineman from a mediocre offensive lineman uh, is a lot the difference is a lot less pronounced than uh than a great wide receiver versus a mediocre wide receiver and that's what the Bengals understood and jamar chase is like 
the perfect wide receiver. He can do it all. He can take the top off. He can uh, go up and get 50-50 balls. Uh, you know, he can he can run slants. He, like, couldn't be more happy uh, with, with Jamar Chase's success. And uh, I really look forward to uh, what the Bengals can uh, – what the Bengals can do um, in these next few years with Burrow at the helm, who has just been an incredible, uh, incredible leader, um, coming back from uh, coming back from that injury, and uh, and really, you know, putting his putting his stamp on the league, and you can tell, man, the guys they want they want to play for him and they want to play with him. Uh, and uh, I would not be surprised if uh, you know in a couple in a couple years, maybe this year, uh, we're talking about Bengals as as Super Bowl contenders because that defense is incredible, right? <laughs> is incredible right now, and, uh, and and they're almost like a borderline top ten defense. And uh, you know if uh, if the offense uh, if the offense can. Can really compete against these top level defenses, which it has shown that they can put up points points against them. Look out! I'm super excited for um, for what the future uh, holds for the Cincinnati, the Super Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> they are now the Super Bengals. Um, now, related to kind of this is uh, I, I uh, told you guys before that I have uh, a bet with uh, with. A bunch of people were trying to call me out on Twitter when I said when I was you know talking a little smack about uh, Lamar Jackson uh, because you know I just don't think Ravens can win with him because I think that uh, when push comes to shove and uh, when he has to throw the ball he he's not he's not gonna be able to. You know, people want to say, okay, yeah, he did it against Indy, whatever. Like, Indy's not a great team. When you're in the playoffs and you're playing elite defenses and you have to come back from te- from 10 points down, do you seriously want Lamar Jackson uh, chucking the ball? No. So, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was expressing these opinions, and I was a huge Lamar Jackson fan in college, but I just do, I do not see the development with his arm uh, that it can, it can. Now it, can, I told, I said he was a starting quarterback, uh, and people got mad that I didn't think he's like a top five quarterback. It's like, okay, well, you know. The quarterback position is primarily a throwing position, and I would rather have a guy that's better at throwing, that can move around in the pocket, that can move around in a phone booth, than a guy that can move around really well, but his throwing is suspect. And I think at the end of the day, when you're uh, in the playoffs and against these playoff teams, that uh, eventually one of them is gonna is gonna crack you, and, and one of them it, it's too it, it's too much of a liability to not be a thrower in today's NFL. So, some guy tried to call me out on it, and I said, "Fine, let's go. I'll t- I'll, I'll uh, how about I'll put up five hundred dollars that says that." Um, 
that Lamar Jackson will not make the Super Bowl in the next five years. And to his credit, he took it, which a lot of the other uh, Lamar Jackson uh, uh, stands who try to attempt to call me racist uh, for uh, for not thinking Lamar Jackson is like fucking next level uh, wouldn't take it. But to his credit, he did he did take the bet. And uh, so now I want to assess my not worried level about my Ravens bet. Right now I'm I'm not worried. Um I'm pretty not worried. <laughs> uh maybe if I did this podcast before the Bengals came, it would have been a di- no, but it wouldn't have been a different story. I was still I was still pretty not worried uh after the indie game because he had a couple uh he got. He was lucky to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. He was lucky to beat in, uh, Indianapolis Colts. These weren't like um, uh, wins that just like whoa, like yeah, um, look out, look out for the Ravens. A lot of them were 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 lucky wins. And um, in order for me to be worried about Lamar Jackson, I have to see him like light it up with his light it up with his arm. Which okay, you know, uh, you played a couple crappy teams you play the chargers they were good but chargers uh, as uh, it has been shown do not have the greatest run defense they do have a great pass defense but they have a very poor run defense so that was a uh, that was something they could exploit uh the indianapolis colts uh are shit <laughs> i mean like you know in any other division uh the indianapolis colts are not a top two uh division opponent they're uh either three or four uh spot in literally any other division besides the fucking division they're in okay uh so right now i'm not worried i'm pretty not worried about my Ravens bet that Lamar Jackson will make it to the Super Bowl in the next two years so as far as I'm concerned man I'm counting my five I'm counting my five hundred dollars right now you know it's a it's a long-term play but uh uh, but you know, I think it is the right move, and even uh, one of my friends who does, who owns Lamar Jackson in fantasy and likes the Ravens, which I think that's where a lot of this like um, Lamar Jackson uh, fanaticism comes from, is uh, is um, is uh, ownership in fantasy, and that they uh, have him as their fantasy quarterback, and they don't want uh, people to talk shit about him because they want him to start forever and keep putting up these numbers but the truth of the matter is is that ravens are a stacked fucking team and uh and um, if if there if there are serious concerns about lamar's arm at an nfl level that is not something that uh that is not something that i don't think that i think the ravens will take lightly now they've hitched their wagon to him we'll see if they uh we'll see if they extend him for the contract but i'm not worried (laughs) i like not not in the afc with uh now the afc you think may have uh may have slid a little bit and maybe that might be my downfall where like the um the powerhouses in the AFC are not what they used to be, but uh, enough teams in the AFC are stepping up. Where I, th- I don't, I don't think Ravens can get through, uh, get through all these games in the playoffs without stepping on, stepping on a landmine. Even if, uh, even if they, even if they do, um, 
even if they do get uh, you know a win or two in the playoffs. Um, but you know, I just think they I just think they're going to hit that landmine eventually. They're going to get down fourteen or ten points in uh, late in the second half, and they're going to be forced to throw. And um, that's where that's where one. Once the Bengals got up in the uh, got up by more than a touchdown in this in the second half, and the way their defense was playing, I knew I knew I knew it wasn't happening. <laughs> I knew it wasn't happening for for the Ravens. That Ravens are one of those teams when you're up two scores, you you know, it's fine unless they're up against a fucking shitty team with an exploita- uh, exploitable uh, defense. You, uh, I'm not really worried, and um, unless there's some severe, like there has to be such a severe regression in uh, in the AFC for I th- for Lamar Jackson to for Lamar Jackson to uh, to be able to uh, pull off a uh, Super Bowl uh, a Super Bowl appearance. <sighs> now. Um, I just wanted to say a quick uh, a quick message to um, to the rookies is um, you got to learn to forget about uh, forget about the internet, forget about memes, and forget about this season really fast. Um, and a lot of uh, a lot of quarterbacks can can uh, get on a shitty team and try and try and give it their all and uh and end up you know giving too much and losing all their confidence losing all their mojo like i do not think it is a bad thing for rookie quarterbacks to sit for a year at all uh like i think we have this uh oh start start justin fields start trey lance uh start these guys like uh this is a message to Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson specifically is like, just forget this season even fucking existed. Like you don't have the talent You're You need to accumulate draft picks. You need to get, you need to get players around you. Football is the ultimate team sport and you're not going to be able to do it all on your own. So learn, you have to learn to forget about this season. You have to learn to forget about the internet and these memes. Cause and the commentators because they are all the the main thing with commentators and uh talk show hosts and uh, all these football uh football people is they do not want to look stupid so they so they scroll over the wins and losses and say oh this must be a bad team oh he's in a shit situation oh he's a bad quarterback and really <laughs> It's harder to it's harder to start right away and uh, and maintain your confidence and maintain your ego than it is to sit a year and because you're learning you know a you're adapting to uh, NFL speed uh, which is everybody on the NFL is like the is as good as like the best you know players on a college football team or better than the best college players on the best football team so when you're uh when you're getting acclimated to speed plus getting used to a new uh to new plays and new playbook and new like just right off this year 
after it after it's done pretend that it didn't exist and learn as much as you can go through the flow go through the motions and don't listen to these fucking idiots on uh who are who are just trying to uh who are, who are just trying to bash the bash the teams with bad records and uh, and slurp the teams with good records? Because literally everybody in the fucking planet uh, was taught was oh yeah Cincinnati Bengals are shit you know uh, Joe Burrow's in trouble then all of a sudden they roll you know they fucking go and beat the brains off of uh, off of uh, Lamar Jackson and then oh, oh hey yeah hey Cincy can they win a Super Bowl I don't know like they it's just they're so fickle they uh they are very very um ununderstanding of uh of time time skills in uh developing developing talent and developing rookies they see a quarterback's uh, not ready right away and they immediately want to uh want to say he's garbage or they need to move on like it's not not every not every path is so cut and dry where uh you can put a put a put a quarterback into a situation uh on the rookie year and they can just start showing start sh- uh, flourishing uh flourishing right away so you really have to learn to forget your first season exists existed um your second season show development and you know what i i like what i've seen from trevor lawrence so far he's on a talent deprived uh jacksonville jaguars team uh and he's doing good things he's making good throws he and i like that he's not overextending himself either he's getting used to the flow he's getting used to uh getting used to the motions um i have i think trevor can be a, a good balance of a quarterback of um elusivity uh super powerful arm uh a a strong a strong quarterback that's tough to take down that can also run i think he's i think he's got the complete package and you know so don't kill so as as a quarterback as a rookie quarterback don't kill yourself trying to be successful right away if you're thrown into a situation where you have to start right away you know uh, go th- go through the motions and understand that uh, that you know people who are actually paying attention uh, you know know that if you're a rookie quarterback starting right away for a bad team and you're ta- you got a lack of talent that it's not gonna click right away and don't fucking kill yourself trying to. Uh, trying to prove these uh these jackasses uh in the media are wrong because they they don't give a shit they're gonna switch allegiances uh uh once things turn around just make sure make sure you stay healthy make sure you uh you you learn your playbook uh make sure make sure you adapt to the nfl speed is the main thing anticipatory throws develop uh develop uh connections and rhythms with your wide receivers and and, and running backs and offensive and offensive linemen that's what you should be doing your first year learning the playbook developing chemistry and 
anything else that comes uh, as an added bonus to that is fine but don't get yourself killed and ruin yourself uh, the fir- the first year trying to uh, trying to overextend yourself for a team that is talent deprived. Now I'm recording this um, I'm recording this on the Thursday, getting ready for uh, TNF Thursday night football. Now uh, we're gonna go over. Uh, we're gonna go over the weekly lines uh, a bit and uh, see if see what we like. Uh, see uh, see if there's any any uh, any bets that uh, that we want to take uh, right now. So okay, let's go over um, game by game. So uh, Thursday night football, we have the Green Bay Packers at the Arizona Cardinals. Um, the Packers are down a few guys due to COVID. Uh, they're down Devonte Adams and Alan Lazard. The Arizona Cardinals are down JJ Watt, who is having season-ending surgery. Now the line is Arizona minus six point zero. At least that's what I see here. Um, I've heard, I've seen it as high as seven. Uh, over under fifty and a half. Hmm. I kind of I was I was arguing about my buddy with this game. He says he likes Packers plus the points. I kind of like the Cardinals. Um I think just uh I think Cardinals defense and Isaiah Simmons will do a good enough job at shutting Aaron Jones down. And uh, without Devonte Adams, I think this is kind of going to be a game that uh, that Aaron Rodgers just kind of mails in. Like, who's his what? On a short week, his uh, main wide receiver is a Cobb. I just think this. Oh, excuse me. I just think this is uh, a game where um, where Packers get blasted uh, and Arizona wins by a touchdown or more. Now. Um, if the line is if the line is a flat seven, I would probably buy a point down and get it at six and a half and uh, take the cards. Uh, I would also entertain a teaser where um, I would uh, I would tease Arizona down to a plus point five and uh, tease uh, tease to the under. So I would take uh, under fifty six and a half points. Um, yeah, I just kind of, I kind of see this as, uh, but I'd probably just, I think I would just take by the half or, uh, take the half point down. If you're, if you see it at seven at the books, uh, buy the half point down and take the cards. I think cards will win by, uh, by a touchdown or more, uh, to, to a Devonte Adams lists, uh, Green Bay Packers. But we'll see. We'll see how uh, in it, how Aaron Rodgers does without his uh, security blanket. But uh, that's my lean. Um, it's strong enough. It's strong enough where I, where I think I'm going to bet it. Uh, uh, bet Arizona this game. Arizona's at home. Uh, let's do it. Next up, we have uh, the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons. Um, the Falcons are laying three points to the Carolina Panthers with an over-under of 46 and a half. Hmm. What do I think of this game? Um, 
That's a tough one. Um, fuck. Jeez, that is a. That's a tough one. Um, I'll probably just blindly take the points here. Um, yeah, just give me the points. Take Carolina plus three. Um, not much to say on this game. Two, two regressing franchises. Uh, Chuba Hubbard in instead of uh, McCaffrey has been a regression. Maybe Atlanta just fucking spanks them. Like also like tough to say uh carolina's defense hasn't really been has been okay <sighs> well let me take the points it's not a game that i'm super confident in though next up we have the miami dolphins at uh the buffalo bills now buffalo bills are uh laying 14 points to the miami dolphins um yeah i see it <sighs> Yeah, I think Dolph- I think uh, Dolphins get waxed here. Um, I think Bills cover that number when handily. Uh, definitely, definitely not eager to uh, to be betting Miami right now. Um, let's see here. Let me pull up. Uh, let me see where the match, how the matchups are going. Miami's defense. Miami's coverage is not that great. They have decent pass rush, but Allen can evade the pass rush. Their tackling sucks. Their rush defense sucks. Or the rush defense is moderate. Um, what about Buffalo Bills? Can the Buffalo Bills be exploited here? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd take Buffalo. It's a high spread. It's a high spread, but. <laughs> I would rather have the Bills than the Dolphins. Um, what's my confidence level on that? Uh, I'm, I'm moderately confident that Buffalo will be able to wax. Uh, like, Buffalo is probably going to be able to put up like 30, for, 30 to 40 points on the Dolphins. And the Dolphins will probably put up, I would say, like in the teens against Buffalo. Next up, we have the San Francisco 49ers at Chicago. Uh, the line is strange. The line is minus four for San Francisco at Chicago. I, I'll take the Bears. That's a pick I'm more confident in. The Bears at home, uh, plus four points. Uh, San Fran has not looked great. Um, yeah, give me the Bears. Gimme dog bears, plus four. Uh, next up, that that's also that's a moderate to high uh, confidence pick. Um, t- geez, over under is thirty nine and a half, and uh, the spread is uh, minus. The spread is minus four for San Fran. If it's you know under, if it's the the over under, if the total is thirty nine and a half, uh, it's going to be probably a close game. Um, I'll take the points there. Next up, we have uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. Um, the line is minus three and a half for Cleveland, with an over/under of forty-two and a half. Um, man, this is. Give me the points. I'll take the Steelers. 
with moderate confidence. Bakers looked like trash. Um, Steelers got enough talent, I think, to keep to keep up. Um, maybe Case Keenum starting this game. Uh, who knows? Uh, either way, I, th- I think I think uh, I think Pittsburgh uh, keeps pace. They may win outright. Uh, give me the Steelers plus the three and a half. Moderate to high confidence pick. Next up, we have the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Detroit Lions. Um, the line is minus three and a half for Philadelphia. I'll take the Lions at home. Um, yeah, give me the Lions at home. Um, I don't know if I like them enough to win in the game, but uh, I do like them enough to cover that three and a half. Uh, moderately confident in that. Now, here's an interesting line this next game. Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts are minus one and a half point favorites. Tennessee, high confidence pick. Um, I don't know what Vegas has seen with the Indianapolis Colts to make them think that they should be favored in this game. Tennessee Tennessee just beat, uh, just beat Buffalo and... Um, uh, and Kansas City, or uh, and and beat them, you know, well, <laughs> handily. Um, the fuck has the Colts done? Like yeah, Tennessee's defense looks like it's playing much better. Um, Tennessee's on the road. Colts are at home. Like there's nothing I see out of uh, out of Indy that makes me uh, that would make me confident in laying anything with them uh against the tennessee titans uh yes sign me up for uh sign me up for titans that's a that's a high uh, that's a high confidence play um next up we have my cincinnati Bengals uh versus the new york jets uh cincinnati minus ten and a half this line opened at uh six and a half i'm pretty sure um now now it's at ten and a half, so that's a little bit of a different story, but I think Bengals wax the Jets. I think they win by twenty plus. Uh Bengals are rolling right now. The Jets are starting Mike White are starting <laughs> like uh are are starting a quarterback with very little NFL experience, um with very little weapons, um since he waxes waxes the Jets um by twenty plus. Uh that's a high confidence play. Um when do you start to pull back um as far as the line is concerned, maybe maybe fourteen and a half. I think since he will win by two touchdowns uh for sure next up in our last game of the uh 1 p.m afternoon slate is the los angeles rams at the houston texans um la is favored by 14 and a half points now uh my question is is um tyrod taylor going to be back does it even fucking matter is uh is the issue also <laughs> but uh they seem to play all right oh tyrod's on uh, ira okay yeah uh fuck i hate to be uh mr um 
Mr. Johnny Public here, but uh, taking all these uh, teams with the high point spreads. But, um, yeah, uh, Rams should win by 20 or more. I haven't seen anything out of the Texans with Davis Mills that would make me confident in taking them. So our first game of uh, the late afternoon slate is uh, the New England Patriots versus the L.A. Chargers, which I have a 30-1 to Super Bowl uh, winning ticket on. Um, the Chargers are favored by 4.5 points. Uh, this is a tough one. Um, let me go over some numbers really quick uh, on the New England side. So their coverage is not that great. Their pass rush is not that great. Their tackling is not that great. Their rush defense is not that great. Their defense overall is not that great. Their offense, on the other hand, their offense, on the other hand, uh, they have a great run game. We'll give them that. And the Chargers, the Chargers' rush defense is abysmal. Uh, but do we see this as being a a game that uh, rushing rushing might get taken out of this game uh, if Chargers get up a little bit. Um, let's say I'll say uh, I'll say New England uh, loses, but uh, they keep it uh, they keep it within three. Uh, give me give me Pats plus points. I think uh, this game stays within three, um, but I do like the Chargers on the win. Um, so, next up we have Jacksonville Jaguars and uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Yeesh. Uh, Seahawks will be starting Geno Smith. Um, Seahawks are laying uh, three and a half points with the over-under of 44. Flat. Um, give me them points. Uh, give me them points. Uh, Jacksonville, I think, wins outright also. Um I would look into Jags on the money line. Um, if the line moves up, and see, I don't think it's going to move up. If it moves up uh, like to minus four or four and a half, that money line looks even juicier. Um, but if you want to play it safe, Jags keep it within a field goal uh, minimum. Next up, we have uh, Washington football team uh, at the Denver Broncos. Denver's laying three points. Um, tough to say with this one. Um, two kind of underperforming teams. Um, Washington's defense hasn't really looked that great. Uh, Denver's laying three points. Jeez, uh, I would almost uh, I would buy that. Buy that down to two and a half and uh, take the Broncos. I f- would feel better about that than uh, than taking the three with Washington. Just Broncos defense is good. I think they'll force Heineke to make some mistakes, and uh, Broncos have a, enough rel- enough solid play out of Bridgewater uh, to be able to get the W here um, and cover minus two and a half so uh i would get on that no i think it kind of stays i think it kind of stays at this level um i don't see it going going higher in denver's favor uh if it gets up 
if it gets up to three and a half, too much money would flood in on the football team. So buy a point down and take Denver for the W at home. <clears throat> Next up, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New Orleans Saints. And Tampa is a minus four and a half point favorite with over under of 50. Um, Tampa, 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 high confidence play. Tampa gets it done here. Uh, I think Saints have a very overrated defense. I think uh, they're good against mediocre teams but uh, and mediocre quarterbacks, but that is not Brady. Um, Tampa, Tampa Bay by a touchdown or more. And uh, that's it for the late slate of afternoon games. Uh, now the uh, Sunday night football, we have the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Minnesota Vikings. The line is dead even. Um, that's a tough one. Um, Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys. Uh, Monday nighter, we have the New York Giants at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Kansas City is laying uh, 9.5 points, how, to the New York Giants. Um, is this a get-right game for the Chiefs? I don't know, but they haven't been able to cover spreads, and the Giants have been uh, solidly coached and seem to have a good enough defense. Uh, Daniel Jones should be able to uh, exploit uh exploit kansas city's uh weak defense so give me them points all right and uh that's it that's that's all the games we have um who's on by this week who is on by so the raiders and the ravens are on by this week why the fuck they have six teams on a bye last week and two teams on a bye this week you figure they like they would have been able to squeeze like another decent game and jeez with only two teams on bye this week we had six you know decent teams uh on a bye last week and we were deprived of lots of uh of uh of a lot of good games because of it um anyway that's it those are my plays that ladies and gentlemen was the world according to kyle podcast sport report have yourself a good weekend uh may the may the winners uh be ours and uh we'll see you again for episode nine take care y'all bye now